1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. You're listening to The Real Down, your premier kayak tournament source bringing you recaps, epic guests, upcoming events. Here are your hosts, Brad Hicks and Sam Jones. What's up, guys? Happy Friday. Hope you're having a good day when you're listening to this. Uh, What's up, Sam? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Looking forward to the weekend. It's almost, uh, almost here. Yep, you got you got any uh, anything planned? Yeah, so I got to work uh, work Saturday, um, and then Sunday, getting up probably like three or four o'clock in the morning, and heading to our uh, lake called Waveland here in Indiana, where our club championship is. So, SIAC club championship on Sunday. Nice. I didn't put that in the uh, upcoming events, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we've covered some SIAC events already, but uh, definitely we can we can chat a little bit about that championship and um, you know go over uh, the details. Might as well. I mean, uh, I kind of struggled to find uh, some events coming up, so I think we only have four to talk about, but. Let's get into the, the recaps here. I know, well, actually, first, we do have a big announcement, so we, we keep pushing this off. And uh, that's right. just go that's ahead right. and tell everybody, we got a new segment, or a sponsor for this segment, and it's Catch Photo Release, the tournament series. So, yeah. Big thanks to them, big shout out to them. So, Yep, David Brooke and the team there at Catch, uh, they put on an awesome tournament series online it is it's boats kayaks bank whatever vessel you can uh you can get in to to get out there and compete in these catch photo release tournaments and uh, you know they've stepped up to be a, a sponsor of our segment which is great you know it's fitting as well we got a tournament series kind of you know we're that's what we do we promote tournament series and we talk about these uh these different organizations clubs and trails throughout the throughout the country and here we have a uh, a tournament trail sponsoring sponsoring our show now so that's huge and we appreciate catch and the catch photo release uh tournament trail stepping up in a big way there yeah dude i, I love my catch board I, I can't i there's no way i'd ever go back to the hog trail yeah i i'll be honest i held out for a long time well no like less than a year i held out i had the uh the hog trough was part of the package that i got when i got my kayak 
and I always like to catch stuff made in America. I try and support, you know, uh, veteran-owned and American-made companies any chance I can get. And I just kind of held off. And then recently they came out with the kind of like the patriotic edition, the USA edition. And uh, yeah. I immediately, I immediately ordered it. I was like, "Yep, that's 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 my board <laughs> right there." So yeah, I I have the green one right now, but I think I'm gonna switch to black or purple because it seems like those you can read them better. Yeah, I like the green one. That was one that I almost jumped on too, but I like more of that olive army green, and because yeah. everyone's doing the lime green thing, I like lime green too, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, they came out with that patriotic one. That's pretty sweet. So, yep. So, big thanks to the catch, and uh, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. So, let's start and uh, recap some of these tournaments that happened this past weekend. Let's do it. All right, I'll let you go ahead with the first couple if you want to. Absolutely, man. So, first one up is a big one, and that's the KBF. Texas Regional Championship. So that was held on Lake Fork on September 28th and 29th. So two-day tournament. All of the KBF regionals are two-day tournaments. And, you know, some pretty decent numbers put up here. Uh, first place came in at 176 inches, and that was Brian Howell. And uh, we're going to have Brian on the show tonight. We're going to be talking to him a little bit about this tournament and you know, how he got into kayak fishing and all that kind of good stuff. So looking forward to that. Coming in in second place with 166.75 inches was Mark Pendergraf. Sorry if I messed that up, Mark. And third place with 154.25 inches was Eric Simon. And Big Bass went to Brian Howe with a very impressive 24-inch largemouth. <laughs> That's a big one. Donkey. Try to pull up the picture to look at it real quick, man. But I don't know. Here it is. Oh, crap. Football. Yeah, that thing's massive. It's golden, too. That's a cool fish. Yeah. It's like a yeah. golden green really really sweet um really sweet bag how put together there you know 24 and a 2125 and 1875 1675 1625 i mean anytime you put a 24 incher on the board on day one like yeah you know you are you are definitely going to be in the money uh it's pretty likely at least and you know you're gonna have you're gonna be hard to beat in a in a single day tournament really difficult but in a two day tournament still hard hard to beat someone putting up a 24 incher mm-hmm. day two Hal came in with an 18 16 75 16 25 16 and then only a 12 inch fish <laughs> for for his number five for his five fish limit. Um, so I'm gonna guess day two was probably a little tougher conditions yeah. wise. You know, you see a little bit of a drop, not not drastic um, of a drop, but definitely noticeable um, there at the top. So 
unfortunately, I wasn't able to follow along with this one too much to know kind of what they were facing. So we'll hear from how that stuff here in a minute. But yeah, um, Matthew Scotch coming in fourth place. Um, fourth place with 153, still super consistent. I mean, either winning or right there in, in the running. I, you know, I'm sure he would have loved to have been in that number one spot, but he's got to be proud of how he finished this year. He has to be up in the uh, top spot for angler of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. So results, in fact, they may have gotten updated today. Um, I'm not positive on that, but angler of the year results are still kind of being calculated. You know, it, it's it's crunch time now, so it's difficult for uh, the guys there at KBF to kind of keep up with all of this stuff because there's so many events going on all at once. Um, so, yeah, I'm not exactly sure where he stands just yet, but we'll, we'll know, we'll know soon enough. And, and shout out to Josh over there at KBF um, who handles all the numbers and the spreadsheets there. That guy is uh, putting in some hours. Jeez. So shout out to Josh. Cause that's, that's gotta be a tough job. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, me me either. Me either. So, um, but he's on it and he's doing a great job. Josh Martin over there at KBF. And so, yeah, we'll see. Um, probably on our next episode, we'll be talking a lot about Angler of the Year points as we'll be getting ready to see the final tournament of the year, which will be lacrosse. Yep. And that's in two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's in a couple weeks. So we'll be talking about that one here soon. But, yeah, so uh, moving on, because we're going to hear more about Texas Regional here shortly, uh, the next event we had was the New York Kayak Bass Fishing Championship on Cayuga Lake. So another world-class fishery there, well-known. We've seen lots of major events out there, BASS, FLW. Uh, and others alike so this was one i was looking forward to seeing how our kayak guys competed and they definitely didn't disappoint uh in this one whatsoever now this was another two-day event um you know this was a state championship guys had to qualify through this throughout the season mm -hmm. and this was also held on the 28th and 29th uh, again kbf standard rules here so um you know, when we look at the results here, we've got in first place, and he led day one, um, I believe. Nope, I'm I, I'm wrong on that. I think he led day two. No, he didn't lead either day, did he? Hmm. Nope, he was in third on on the first day. So just really kind of consistent from both days. Uh, JT Worth coming in first place with 137.50, uh, really strong there. Second place coming in with 136.75 was Michael Shoemaker and Jim Callen coming in third place with 114.50. Um, so pretty big jump there between second yeah. and third, uh, you know. So that's kind of an interesting uh, jump there. 
We've got Big Bass, Michael Shoemaker, our second place finisher, coming in with Big Bass, which was 1975 for the tournament. Yeah, that's a nice bass, too. Yep. And I'm wondering how I'm wondering out of these top three guys if any of them had smallies. So yeah, looking sure. most it's looking mostly like largemouth. So, as I'm looking through it here real quick. So, yeah, pretty cool results there out of uh, out of New York. You know, solid totals. Um, day one was led by Shoemaker with 82.50. And then day two was led by um, another gentleman with 88.25. Molton, I, don't, I think it's Justin, if I remember right. No, Jake. Jake Moulton uh, out of Syracuse had an 88.25 inch bag. Really, mm. really solid. That's um, pretty he ended up in Yeah, he ended up in seventh place. Day one, he had zero inches. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure kind of what happened there, but. Uh, you know, go from zero to eighty-eight twenty-five on day two, and take take a top ten finish out of thirty-five guys. Yeah, not I'd, too shabby. I take not too shabby. Yeah, easily the most improved, obviously. Um, and then just kind of interestingly enough, you go down into eighth place, and it was forty-five inches on day one, thirty-two inches on day. Two, like guys really seem to struggle in this event. Um, once you get past like fifth place, it really starts to kind of fall off, you know. Well, sixth place, um, guys, guys, a lot of guys zeroing on day one. It looks like day two picked up a little bit, but uh, yeah, tough tournament for a lot of folks. Yep, it looks like it. I, I did watch that one a little bit and I noticed. It was pretty tough. So, so the next one we have here is the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Trail. It's the trail that I uh, uh, participate in quite a bit. Uh, they had a tournament at Cowan Lake, September 29th. It was just a one-day tournament. It was their last tournament of the season. They don't have a championship or angler of the year standings yet. I think it's coming up this year, but we'll see. But anyway, uh, first play place was mark bruning with 49 and a quarter inches uh i met mark recently about three weeks ago at the shop he came by to check out the torpedo and we were showing him and he was interested in one so uh he, he's a big river guy as well so i'd like to get out on the river with him sometime and you know just fish but shout out to him uh congrats on that first place second place jim klein 48 and three quarter inches Another another real nice guy, uh, and then uh, third place we have here is Jared McComas with forty four and a quarter. Another really nice guy, dude. That uh, we met him at uh, the paddle and fin meetup in Ohio, and uh, he cooked us. Uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. Ribs one night and uh, pork shoulder, I think, the other night. Um, he nice all at his own time. So he's real good friends with uh uh, Jason Ricketts, so real cool guy there, Jackson guy, and uh, 
Yeah, he's been pretty, doing pretty well lately. He, he even won a monthly challenge recently too. Well, the Jackson guys have had a had an all right month uh, in September because we're recapping September here, you know, and uh, they had a pretty good month. So yeah, Jackson yeah. did well. Yep. And then the big bass for that tournament was Mark Bruning with eighteen and a quarter inches. Uh, this tournament was I, I I know I talked to a few guys they they said it, the bite was pretty tough. So I know there was quite a few guys that actually put up some zeros. Mm. So that was a that was an interesting one. Um, let's see here. On to the next one. We have Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League Championships, September twenty eighth and 29th. and the winner, none other than Jeff Fisham, one hundred twenty six and a half inches. That guy's always winning in Texas, man. So. He also has some pretty cool hair. I don't know if you're friends with him on Facebook or not, but no, I don't think well, I might be. But he has some cool dreads, man. So, <laughs> and he's a good fisherman. <laughs> Second nice. place, Michael Morgan with 123 inches, and then third place was James Penny with 122 and three quarter inches. <clears throat> and uh, big bass was Michael. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm sorry. But he had a 20-inch bass. Now, this... Where was this, like... Or where was this tournament held? This uh, wasn't held in conjunction with the KBF event, was it? No, it wasn't. It says Livingston, uh, Texas, right, right here. <clears throat> right here. Man, sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure where it is. <clears throat> Got something in my throat. But, uh... Yeah, I don't know if I don't know exactly where it was. It doesn't really say. It just says Livingston. Okay. So <clears throat> moving on to the next one, we have Great Lakes Kayak Fishing Series, a two day tournament, September twenty eighth and 29th. Uh again, I don't know uh Prairie Du Ch- uh, Chain, that's right. Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, Mississippi River, Mississippi yep. River. That's pool. Gosh, what pool is that? Is that pool ten? Pool ten, I think it is. Yep, we fished up there earlier this year on the KBF yep. Trail and Pro Tour. Yep, yep. Uh, br- uh, yeah, I remember Brian fishing that one. Yep. So, uh, first place at this one was Jeremiah Bursch, one hundred sixty-three and a half inches. Second place, David Allain. 161 inches and third place was robert moss 153 and three quarter inches big bass went to second place david allain 18 and a half nice yeah first place very consistent day one 81 50 day two 82 inches um yeah i mean that's about as consistent as you can get right there yeah, I'm no I'm noticing more and more after watching all these leaderboards. If you put up what you did day two, you're sitting pretty. Yeah, I mean that's always a thing, right? And you talk about like these are two day tournaments. Wait till we get into three and four day events. So when you look at you look at MLF, FLW, and Bass, those are four day events. The next level down from that is gonna be like your Costas and um you know, you're open. So those are three day events. So yeah. I'm excited to see when we get into those kind, those realms, 
because it's just it's a totally different game. A yeah. two day tournament, a two day tournament is still more challenging. Uh, for sure, you know you you want to make sure that you manage your fish well. But m- most fisheries, these larger fisheries, most of them, your spots can handle t- two days worth of pressure. Yeah. In most cases, but when you start talking three and four <laughs> days, like you really are playing a different game at that point. So I'm curious to see when we get to that. I I don't think it's going to be you know in the next season or two, but I think definitely as you see these these larger quote-unquote pro series develop, uh, you may see those longer day tournaments. But yeah, two-day thing. I I prefer a multi-day tournament over a single day personally. Um, And so I agree. It is interesting to see, you know, what it takes to win these. And it is. It's just being really consistent both days. Yeah, definitely. So we do have one more here. Uh, I know Brian's going to be covering it, but we'll, we'll we'll share the standings real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Crossroad Classic, September 28th and 29th. This gonna... was a – no, this is just a sweet event, and yeah. I'm super bummed that I wasn't able to make it. I did qualify for it, uh, but unfortunately I couldn't fish it. And, yeah, just a really, really neat thing that these guys put together. This was just a group of clubs here in the Midwest that got together to put kind of this battle royale – club against club, you know, regional, like, true championship, best of the best competing, mm. um, not only individually, but as teams. And it was it was really cool. We had some live coverage uh, there. Brad, uh, or excuse me, Brian made the decision to, um, you know, go down there for the weekend and try and help out and, and cover that because it's, you know, first, first one, the inaugural one and a big event. And it's going to grow. I think it's going to be something uh, really cool. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, It's definitely going to grow. Some pretty cool results here. I'll tell you what. I'll go over to team standings, and I'll let you do individual. Um, so, again, you know, the, the, there were five anglers per team. And each team was competing against each other. And then also your individual score. So there's two ways to win here. So team number one was Kayak Bass Fishing League, coming in with 826.25 inches, 826 and a quarter. Now, again, that's five anglers, two days. Uh, On on a really amazing fishery, Newton Lake in uh, east central Illinois. They, They had home field advantage, too. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, but here's the thing. Uh, so they have they have had tournaments there. Yeah. But Indiana, you know, obviously bordering Illinois, both yeah. Indiana clubs, a lot of the anglers that were there, you know, are not too far of a drive. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people ha- had that quote-unquote home court. Um, second place with 822 inches even was Michigan Kayak Trail and rounding out the top three with 742.50 was 
IKA Indiana Kayak Anglers. Man, first and second, man, they were they were pretty close. They, they were, they were absolutely. Um, and that's crazy. you know, if you if you think about it, that's five people, five fish. That's what 20, 25 fish total, right there. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. Yep, you and got it. Only it inches apart. <clears throat> right. Now, this event wasn't on Tourney X, so we can't see all the specifics here um, because there at Newton, there's just hardly any signal whatsoever. So it's, it's pretty much impossible to run a tournament through Tourney X on there. Plus, with, with the way that it was ran and, and the amount of people and teams, that they just decided to go a different route. But uh, I can tell you, there were some big fish caught, some really big oh, fish yeah. caught. Uh, I've seen the, I saw Eric Siddiqui's pictures, man. Freaking beast. Yup. Speaking of Eric, Eric Siddiqui. <laughs> took, number, took that number one spot. Yep, not surprised. He's always in the top, man. Hey, <laughs> the guy's a stud. What can you say? What can yep. you say? Yep, he is. Uh, yeah, he came in first 140 or 184 and three quarter inches. So, uh, second place was Lucas Brozovich, 181 and three quarter inches, and third place was Sean Wood with 180 inches. I, I didn't get the specifics for big bass for that tournament just because it's not on Tourney X. So, yeah, and man, I wish I could remember uh, what it was. I want to say it was twenty-one seventy-five. About not, it's probably over twenty. But I'm yeah, I'm not positive on that number. I could be way off, um, but for some reason, that's the number that's sticking out in my head is twenty-one seventy-five. Oh, it's all good. We got uh, the winners plugged in there, so that's all that matters. There you go. <laughs> Eric Siddiqui taking another W, cashing another check. Yep. Well, that's all we got for the uh, recaps. Uh, we'll have uh, Brian Howe on here shortly. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your jig order. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. All right, guys, we're back. And uh, now we have our epic guest for this episode, uh, Brian Howe. He won the Texas uh, KBF uh, regional championship how you doing brian i'm great how are you doing good man so uh we go through uh our listeners uh, well uh our guest we we always ask them the question how they got into kayak fishing and how they got into fishing and tournament fishing so uh why don't we start start off with that all right well i got into kayak fishing originally when i moved to texas about a year ago almost exactly a year ago Mm-hmm. And um, 
I, I used to do a lot of float tube fishing when I lived in California, but in Texas, that's not really a thing. Because <laughs> gators and snakes and stumps everywhere, like, it's not it's not the safest thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little different ecosystem, huh? <laughs> yeah, a lot different. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, how long you been kayak fishing? A year, you said? Yeah, just about a year. I moved to Texas a year ago, and then I got a kayak maybe three weeks or a month after I moved. Okay. Oh, what kayak are you fishing out of? I have a 2019 Hobie Outback. Nice. Those are nice kayaks. Oh, yeah. It's it's real nice. I love it. Real fast. So. Oh, yeah. You you, you said you lived in California. Where did you live? Uh, around the Los Angeles area. Okay. And you, you float people float tube out there? Yeah, I actually used to do float tube tournaments out there. Like they would have. Hold on, Brad doesn't understand. All right, so California, there's like, there's like a scene, dude. I did like, not know that. There, yeah, like, all right, so you know, like fast, you know, like the Fast and Furious scene, right, for the yeah. movies out there in Nevada. You know, they get together at night and stuff and do wild and crazy things. That that's like the float tube scene in California. <laughs> That's like, crazy. All right, all right, Brian. So t- tell us, like, all right, name off some of the heavy hitters in the float tube scene in California. We're gonna test your street cred here real quick. So I, kn- I know a few guys in California. <laughs> California. Um. Well, there's like, it changes kind of frequently. I mean, right now I think uh, there's somebody named Jeff. I forgot his last name, but he's he's won a bunch down at Castaic this year. I think he won Angler of the Year. Like they had they announced that like a couple weeks ago, I think. Man. And uh like um DJ a friend named DJ and he's really good out there too and who else? My friend Bazond. He's <laughs> like I think he got first place at one of the tournaments on Castaic. Like all I fished nice. basically was Castaic all the tournaments cuz they have three tournaments gotcha. each there. Okay. So that's what I would always fish, that and was, then, that was your group. Yeah, that was my group. I did, didn't like did, did travel you, there or anything. Did you ever win a uh, tournament out there? Oh it? yeah, oh yeah, I won plenty. He of says, tournaments out there. "Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, of course I did." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was well known as one of like the better people at those ones that's I cast awesome. Yeah, but, I won Angler of the Year like two years ago, three years ago, something like that. My mind's kind of blown right now. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is this your first major kayak win then? Um, my first major win, yeah. I've I've won a couple of local events, and I got second place at the Hobie Boss Tournament on Fork, but I didn't. This is like my nice. first first place. That's been like a major one. Yeah. I, I don't know if we recapped that one earlier in the season or not. We might have missed it. No, I mean, you didn't recap it with me. You might have recapped it with somebody else, but... Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into the uh, regional championship here. How, how many days did you pre-fish for that? So, I live like an hour away from Fork. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't really fish going up to the event for about three weeks. And I only fished pre-fished one day during that time but like i've been fishing that area and fishing that spot for i mean months i go out there 
you know, once or twice a week when I can, unless there's like other tournaments. Okay. That's cool. So no, no pre-fishing at all then. That's, that's impressive. I, mean, I, I pre-fished one spot that wasn't the spot where I, I won. It was, yeah. I just wanted to have like a backup area and then I didn't like it. I was like, eh, this spot kind of, kind of lame. So I just stuck <laughs> with what I knew. Nice. Stuck with the honey hole. Yeah, the honey hole, basically. Is is that where you caught that 24-inch bass? Yeah, the 24-incher. It was where I... It's honestly the... I caught it right off some uh, isolated lily pads, and that spot, I mean, that spot's almost a sure thing. Like, you're going to get at least a fish off of it, kind of. Like, in the past, I got a 23-incher off it, and I've gotten other smaller ones off it, too, but... So I'm sitting we had... here right now. This picture is, or this this fish is gorgeous, man. It's oh, like yeah. green and gold. Yeah, that was like a flawless looking fish, pretty much. It was beautiful. Because yeah. a lot of times you get beat up ones out on fork. I don't know why. It's kind of <laughs> get a little bit beat up. I don't know about that. It's, it's rough played. in Texas. It's rough in <laughs> Texas, man. Yeah, sometimes like the fit, there's just so much tournament pressure and everything, and like yeah. they get beat up, yeah. you know, when they're because there's a slot limit on fork, but they can get beat up when they're small, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Sam, Very were you cool. gonna say something there? Oh well, you know, just talking about the honey hole thing there. You know, we had Scotch on. Uh, you might know that name there, uh, yeah. Scotch. I'm yeah. Of- yeah, he uh, he's got kind of a honey hole that uh, that produces for him uh, and help him get uh, get the W at your guys' last event. So it's kind of interesting to hear that you had had one as well. So, <laughs> yeah, gotta love the honey holes, man. Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> so uh, I kind of want to hear the story you caught catching this uh, twenty-four inch bass. You want to go through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So the 24-incher, like I said earlier, it was uh, off those isolated lily pads, and I had hit that spot in the morning when that's I started around that area first thing in the morning that day. So I didn't catch anything off it at first, and I was like, that's kind of funny. I didn't at least get a bite off of it. So I decided to circle back to that area later in the day, and I think it was around 10 o'clock when I caught that fish. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And then, so I made a cast right on those, like, basically right to the right side of those lily pads. And I got bit, and I, it was on there for, like, a second or two. Like, I could feel it on there, and it felt like a good fish. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it came off. It just popped <laughs> off, whatever. I don't think it actually had the hook in its mouth. I think it just, like, grabbed the trailer or something and held on for a second. Yeah. So then I was, right. like, freaking out because, I mean, it felt like a good one. It's a tournament, you know. You don't want to lose a big fish in a tournament. It yeah, always, right. Yeah. So what what were you throwing? The Z-Man jackhammer. Oh black yeah. And blue. Yeah. Oh dude, that's uh, I love the black and blue chatterbait, man. That's my thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> All right. like my how, favorite bait. How many of your keeper fish came off the jackhammer? Um almost every single one. I think I had two two fish that I culled out that came off of other baits, but everything that stayed on the board like was from the jackhammer. That's it, Brad. That's it. <laughs> Look, I, I've done enough of these. I've listened to enough of these tournament recaps. I'm just going to throw away everything I have and just buy a bunch of whopper floppers <laughs> and a bunch of jackhammers <laughs> and just go fishing. 
Like, apparently those are the only two baits you need to throw to win a tournament. Because it's always one of the two. Yeah. Maybe so, toss in a spinner bait here and there. Maybe a jig every once in a while. But, yeah, just order a bunch of jackhammers and whopper floppers and go fishing. That's well, what I'm learning. Well, if you go up north, you could throw the TRD, too. I noticed that. So. Yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm sticking with the whopper flopper and jackhammer. Yeah, yep, that's it. All right, so are you strictly a jackhammer guy, or will you use the other chatterbaits as well? I'll use the Thunder Cricket, but that's really the only other one that I use ever since I started really throwing the jackhammer. Like, I used to throw chatterbaits before the jackhammer was out, and I always used the Project Z or the yeah. Picasso one or, like, one or two other ones. But ever since the jackhammer has been out, I've pretty much stuck with that. And then now they have the... Thunder Cricket, which is also pretty good, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. So, what's the differences between the Jackhammer and like the Project Z, for instance? I mean, it, I, I don't, I don't understand what makes it better. Yeah, it's like the Jackhammer is just more of a harder thump, I'd say, and it really bangs on the head a lot more. Like you'll look at your bait after fishing it hard for like a day, and a lot of the the paint gets kind of chipped off mm-hmm. where the blade contacts right there and then you have like the high quality components on it which are nice but i mean that that probably doesn't help you catch fish necessarily but it's nice yeah. to have i mean it doesn't hurt yeah i mean why not yeah, yeah. i i haven't bought a chatter or uh i haven't i haven't bought the uh, uh jackhammer but i've heard a lot of good things about it and I, I don't know if I want to spend the money on one, but, you know, well, might change. How, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of money won on them, so yeah. uh, <laughs> you start fishing you, for money, you might want to consider. Yeah, you also yeah. don't lose chatterbaits very often either, so. Uh, it depends I mean, on well, where you're fishing them. <laughs> I, I fish mine near grass mostly, so. The thing about fishing in texas there's stumps everywhere so even if you're fishing grass you can be fishing stumps and grass and you'll snag a stump like i lost two chatterbaits during the tournament i just couldn't oh. get them on snag from a stump normally though i don't really lose them yeah yeah i, I throw i throw them a lot in your grass so i know you throw them black and blue bio. mostly or yeah mostly i think every single fish except for one in the tournament came on black and blue i caught one on the white that called me like two inches maybe is your water pretty stained up or yeah uh so like if you go way back in the creek it's it's real dirty like maybe a foot at most and if you come out a little bit and it's like maybe three three at most Hmm. so i was fishing like one to three foot visibility i'd say okay has there been a lot of rain down there not lately, but there was this year, like earlier this year and end of yeah. last year, there was a ton of rain, like record rain. So it kind of made it I dirty thought I heard that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. No, um, black and blue is my favorite too, though. So I mean, even in clear water, I throw black and blue and get bites. Yeah, it'll definitely still get bit in clear water. Like I've thrown it in, you know, six foot visibility and it still gets smashed. <laughs> awesome. So uh, how how fast did you have your limit during this tournament for day, day one? Sorry. Day one, it, I think I had my limit. I think that um, 
the 24 incher. I think that finished out my limit, and that was at 10 ish, I think. Mm -hmm. And then day two, I had a limit within 40 minutes, so I was feeling good after that. That's awesome. And so day two is was your least productive day, right? Yeah, day two was a lot more tough. It, I mean, I thought it might have just been me, but you can see no. if you look, look at the leaderboard, it's a lot smaller lengths, and I think like a third of the field almost skunked that day. Did, yeah, did we, conditions we change on you? Uh, honestly, not really. It it kind of it was a little bit less windy. And it was a little bit more sunny, but I, I mean, it shouldn't have been that big of a difference. So, yeah, because lunar-wise, you guys had a new moon. So, lunar-wise, it didn't change much either. Yeah. So, it's just interesting to see what what caused the difference there. But it sounds like it was just pressure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because it was really crowded on Saturday, not just from, like, the tournament, but from bass mm -hmm. boats. There were just bass boats everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you got hit with all the Friday night tournaments, Saturday tournaments, and then, you know, all the all the typical boater traffic, yeah. so. Yeah. Is that typically why uh, KBF runs their championships and stuff, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, instead of, you know, the weekend? Uh, the Friday, Saturday? Yeah. Let's travel. Get guys travel home on Sunday. That way they don't have to take off Monday from work. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's part of it. But then, of course, the boat traffic as well. But Yeah, it's a lot nicer to fish on a weekday. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I don't even go to Fork on weekends unless it's a tournament. Like, I strictly fish weekdays there. <laughs> Luckily, That's... I'm able to. So, yeah, that is nice. So, uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, I just have an online resale business, so I can kind of fish for the most part when I want. That's awesome, man. Amazon FBA, Shopify. <laughs> what do you? What do you... <laughs> <laughs> no, I just sell on eBay and a couple other platforms. God, I sell yeah. a little bit on Amazon, but not like not like some of the guys. All right, that's a different show. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're talking my stuff now. All right. Well, back to the regular program uh, fishing here. So, what? Uh, so going into day two, you know, you've got you've got one hell of a bag on day one. Day two, you said you got 40, uh, 40 minutes in. You've got your limit. Feeling good, right? Yeah. Are you checking the leaderboard all day? Are you trying to stay off of it? I usually check it. Like I didn't necessarily check it more than usual, but I, I definitely do check it throughout the day. Yeah. So, so at what point were you feeling like, all right, I can go back, grab me some food, and collect the check? Uh, never, honestly. <laughs> right, right. All right. So be honest. How how much were you thinking about scotch while you're out there on the water? Yeah, like I, I knew that at any point, him or Mark or Dale could like put up some huge limit and just bypass me because I had like a 15 inch limit day one. But I mean, on that lake, you can catch 100 inches in, in an hour sometimes. That's right. Crazy. So how how good did it feel to just? Just to steal one from old Scotch, you know, you, you know, he was trying to get it. You know, he's trying to sweep this thing. 
I mean, it felt really good. You know, yeah. someone that's that good, it's always it's always enjoyable. But I mean, Absolutely. he did a great job still, and he still secured Angler of the Year. So, congrats to him. Yep. There you go. I was just getting ready to say that as well. Um, yeah, shout out to him on the Angler of the Year race there. Impressive victory. So, uh, you know, Scotch, we asked him if we'd see him in lacrosse. Will we see you in lacrosse? So I'm going to try to, but I'm not, I'm not like 100% on it yet. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got a couple weeks left still. Yeah, a couple weeks. Like, what is it? Like That's a... two weeks or so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you fish any of the Pro Tour events this year? No, I didn't fish the Pro Tour at all. Okay. And when, what about Challenge Series? Yeah, I did the Challenge almost every month. So. All right. So I'm sure you've qualified for the Challenge Series yeah. Championship as well then. Yes. Okay. All right. So, so you got two, so two possible entries there if you wanted. Yeah, if I wanted. I, like, okay. I want to, it's just a matter of, is it going to be worth it, kind of, like, it's, 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 that's a long drive, and it is, a lot what, of gas. Probably, what, 15 hours for you, maybe? Probably yeah, 14. I think it's about 14. I thought yeah, it'd be worth it. I mean, it's some, yeah. to some of the guys in Texas, yeah, I was talking to some of the other guys, and, you know, if you live in, like, Houston or something, but I live in Dallas, so it's, like, the north part of the state, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not quite as far. I'm southwest Ohio, and it takes me, like, almost 10 hours to get to Wisconsin, man. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you've got one year under your belt now, sounds like, in the kayak. You've been doing the float tube thing for a while, so you're you're no newcomer to, to bass fishing. But after your, your first year in the kayak, how are you feeling? What are you thinking about for next year? Uh, so far, I love it. Like it's, I mean, it's way better than float tubing, and it's, it's still, it's not like boat where it's, I don't know, something about the boat where, it, like, it's fun for sure, but it's not the same as kayaking. Like, it's not as peaceful and not as relaxing, and yeah. some of the guys are not quite as nice and everything. Like everybody in the kayak community, pretty much for the most part, is super friendly, and you can talk to any of them. Yeah, we we try. Yeah, go go with that. (laughs) So uh, you you looking forward to to the KBF trail next year? You gonna expand any at all, or what? uh, What's on the horizons for you? Yeah, so for the KBF trail next year, they have one on Lake Ray Hubbard, which is Mm. I live like two minutes from Ray Hubbard, so I'm looking forward to that at least, and I'll probably try to fish like one or two more of the kbf trail ones and then the hobie tournament of course i'm gonna try mm-hmm. to fish fork again and i might try to expand out a little bit into other states and because i've only really fished around texas like hmm. the furthest i've been is toledo bend so i kind of <laughs> want to go a little bit further than that next year very cool you ever going to go up back out to california and try some of those tournament trails I would love to, but man, that drive, I made that drive once and it was, <laughs> it's like 22 hours to wow. just to Southern California. Like I looked it up for, they have the, a couple of tournaments, I think on the Delta next year. And I was mm-hmm. like, huh, how long would it take me to get there? I looked, it said like 25 hours or something. And I was like, oh, okay. That's 
probably not going to happen unless I make like a whole week or month out of not a, not a month, but like week or two weeks and just fish up there and then go back down to Southern California and visit my family for like a week and then drive back. I don't know. Very Blows cool. my mind. It's just like I'm not familiar with like the geography there. So when I think of Texas, I think it's like, oh, it's not far from the West Coast. But nope. Yeah. I always think Texas is a huge state, man. <laughs> yeah, you can, like, when you reach El Paso from Los Angeles, you're halfway. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. So, let's see here. I don't think I have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we covered it pretty well. And, you know, he didn't do much pre-fishing because he had a honey hole. Yeah. He went. <laughs> Went to the honey hole. He threw the jackhammer, smoked the rest of the field with the jackhammer, <laughs> whooped up on scotch, collected his paycheck, and went home. Yeah. I think yeah. we've got it. Yeah. I mean, the honey hole, like, I would, like, some guys may have prefished the honey hole, you know, like, if they had a honey hole, but, like, for me, I, I just wanted to let it rest, kind of, and I had other tournaments, like, yeah, I think like the week or two weeks before that, and I had to pre-fish for those and everything. So I was like, I'll just let it rest, and then like hope for the best, basically. Yeah, like, I knew it would, like it was good a month ago, and I knew it would just keep getting better, basically. So I just waited, and tried to. What's little... your best like single day total out of the honey hole? Uh, I had a hundred twelve and a quarter one day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was it like I won't say it got old catching twenty-two inch fish, but like <laughs> when you catch a twenty-two inch and then a few casts later another twenty-two and another twenty-two, you're like, come on, like can I get like a twenty-three or a twenty-four? <laughs> but like it sounds super spoiled. Like that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm lucky to see a twenty-inch fish in Ohio, man. <laughs> yeah. How much I, do I, you I charge people, to uh, take people to the honey hole? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll have to trade me one of your honey holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then take me out, Let... put me on the exact spot, and then. <laughs> Let me do that because I've got so many of those honey holes. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you got to guarantee at least a hundred ten inch minimum. I can catch out of your honey hole. So. Bro, bro, I live in Indiana, man. Hundred and ten inches would take you all month and about sixty hours worth of fishing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I don't think uh, I've seen anybody break 100 yet in Ohio. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like all the southern guys, Texas, California, yeah. Florida, like we're all pretty spoiled. Yeah. I'd like to make it out there one day. Yeah, it'd, it'd be worth your while. Well, hey, man, thanks for coming on here and uh, sharing your story with us. Um, you know, before you, before you head off here, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to, say thank you to, any sponsors, anything like that? Yeah, I just want to shout out my fiance for moving to Texas with me and always being supportive of my fishing. And then a uh, shout out for Butch Brown because he's basically what I learned half my, my knowledge from. Awesome, man. When uh, When's the big day? Um, March 14th, 2020. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that, my friend. 
And then uh, if anybody, you know, listening to the podcast wants to follow you or get in touch with you, how can they, uh, how can they go about doing that? Um, probably the best way is on Instagram at fire underscore ball or on Facebook, just Brian Howell. Very cool. All right, man. Well, thanks again for joining us tonight and uh, recapping this event. It's been a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and hopefully we'll hear more from you in the future as you go on to claim more victories in the uh, kayak scene. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on here so much. Yeah, no problem, dude. Have a good night. You too. Later. What's up, boys and girls? Just wanted to take a quick minute to talk to you about the Paddle and Fin gear. If you haven't seen it yet, go to Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Go click that store tab at the top. Check out the store. We got tons of t-shirt designs, long sleeves, hoodies, phone cases, you name it, it's on there. Give it a gander. All right, guys, welcome back. We just finished up talking to the kayak texas regional champion brian howell and that was a pretty awesome interview there um looking forward to actually listening back to this afterwards so some uh, some cool stuff there but uh we're gonna move into the upcoming events now we've got uh we've got four here well five because we're gonna talk a little bit about syac yep. as we mentioned at the uh, beginning of the show here so the first one up though is actually um, Virginia Kayak Bass Series, and that that's ran by Casey Reed. We had him on what was it two weeks ago now, two episodes ago. Yep, I think it was uh, Casey Reed. You know, one of the one of the big names there in, on the KBF side and nationally. You know, he runs this trail out there, and they're having their uh, their Challenge Classic on October fourth and fifth, and. This is on a lake and river, which is kind of interesting. They've got the Chickahominy. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. We're going to go with that. And uh, that's that's out there in Virginia. So, um, again, this is, the, this is their classic, their championship. You had to qualify to get into this event. Yep. And there are eight anglers currently signed up for that, and it should be uh, should be an interesting interesting tournament out there. So looking forward to seeing the results from that. You know, Casey runs a pretty cool tournament trail out there, and um, it's going to be fun recapping that next week. Definitely. M- moving on, we have the Massachusetts kayak bass fishing catch them all fall brawl <laughs> that was a mouthful <laughs> this October one looked interesting 15th. man yeah well, with the name like that it has to be right <laughs> so shortened up that's m-a-k-b the catch them all fall brawl um this is going to be uh, October 5th and 6th um and they are fishing Kind of like a one-night stand tournament, basically, it looks like. Yep. It's similar to KF, KBF's one-night stand. Yep. So, 12-inch fish minimum here. Um, they've got, looks like... This is a interesting. Yeah, 22 guys signed up for this event already, and kind of a neat format here. 
$27 entry fee and then a $5 largemouth lunker fee and $5 smallmouth lunker fee. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool. We, uh, we need to see what, uh, what these guys put up. Yeah. All bites turning on, you know, so. Yep, it's going to be good. Cool nights. We had a little heat blast here in Indiana. We were in the 90s, high 80s. And then I walked out of work a couple hours ago, and it's in the 60s. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. We got like a 30-degree swing happening uh, starting right now. And then it's going to kind of level off into the, the low 70s. Oh, yeah, I, I haven't been outside since I got off work, so I didn't know it was already down in the 60s. That's awesome. Yep, yep. It's dropping 57 now. <clears throat> wow. Dropping That's quick. awesome. So moving on, we have the Kayak Anglers of Missouri Classic Championship on Truman Lake, October 5th and 6th. So that'd be a fun one to watch. I believe that's ran by Mel Isaacs, and she was on – Susie's podcast a couple of weeks ago or last week. So there you go. There you go. TDs. Shout out to the TDs. Yeah, we might have to have her on in the off season. Yeah, absolutely. I've got some ideas and I know you do as well. I think it's gonna be interesting as you know, tournaments kind of wind down and we're talking to these tournament directors, got some round table ideas. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that actually. Get some good conversation going. I uh, love recapping these tournaments and talking to the winners, but that's going to be fun as well. Yeah, I'm real excited for that. And then right here we have the RTT State Championship by Caius Bass Anglers of Arkansas, Lake Wachita, October 5th and 6th. Yeah, another another cool tournament there on Wachita. We've we've covered quite a few from from that lake um, yep. this this year already. And I'm gonna actually kind of go back and take a look at all those results and kind of see how that all that data plays out. I'm looking forward to that. But 48 anglers already signed up for this event. Uh, this is a big one. Yeah, it is. There's Dwayne Beatty right at the top. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say, watch out. He'd probably stay right there at the top, too. Was, yep. He <laughs> may be there because of his last name right now, but uh, just wait <laughs> and see. I bet you I bet you he'll be right there in the mix. But there are a lot of, a lot of big names in this, so this is going to be one we'll probably spend some time on next week as we recap. Yeah, definitely. I, I picked this one because it was it was interesting for that reason. I know, yeah. I know the couple <clears throat> tournaments we recapped earlier in the season, the numbers were kind of down because it was like midsummer. So, mm-hmm. like to see what the fall produces. Yep, yep. and it's uh, it's going to be in full swing now. So, absolutely. And then I guess finally we're going to throw Syac into the mix here. Wasn't planned, but uh, Southern Indiana Kayak Anglers Club. Fishing their their club championship again. That's going to be on Lake Waveland here in uh, West Central Indiana. So you know we got kind of like a, an imaginary line we've drawn for the club, um, and we try and we try and cover the entire southern region, making it fair for everyone, yeah. um, as fair as possible. You know we only have so many lakes to work with, but 
for the champ. Nope, it's a single day. Yeah, okay. we, we, yeah, we don't do any two day events in the club. Just just trying to keep that that balance there for the yeah. guys. Um, but yeah, so the championship is going to kind of just be a little bit outside of that southern reach. So for a lot of the guys fishing, they've they've never they've never been there. Um, but I can tell you this because I practiced on Tuesday. Even for guys like myself, I've fished there quite a bit. That lake is, um, there's something going on with it. It's not what it's ever been in the past. I I can tell you that every year, no matter what time of year it is, no matter when I go there, there's always certain things I can do and get bit on, and it was different. It was not the same, Um, and I don't think it was just that day. There was a lot of unhealthy fish. A lot of fish being caught with sores, uh, a lot of dead fish. In fact, I caught one fish and it never even went back down. Um, and it was just took normally, nothing weird there. It did, So I don't know. They got something going on with the lake there. It's going to be tough. And then this heat wave we had, I think, kind of messed with stuff too. But now yeah. we got this temperature dropping. We're going to have a couple cool nights, 40s and 50s. It really should fire things up and these fish should be moving in and feeding um on on this small bait fish in the shad um so that grass is going to start dying off so it's going to be an interesting bite i'm looking forward to it you know this is one all season that i was i was i was looking forward to uh, but now with the way the lake is and the conditions you know it's going to be it's going to be anyone's game i think yeah as long as the water temperatures don't fall too quickly man i'm not ready for that <laughs> they're gonna fall man it doesn't yeah. it doesn't take long when you have yep. the the shorter light periods you know yep. um the shorter days and then those cool nights especially on these smaller waters that we have here in the midwest it, it won't take long at all for that temperature to start plummeting um get yep. that lake turnover and and you know full-on fall bite i'm looking forward to the fall bite it, it's it's uh one actually i really like late fall late yeah. fall into winter the guys are out hunting most guys have got the boats put up for the winter and i kind of got the lake to myself the fish aren't super pressured um that's one of my favorite times to fish don't necessarily catch a ton but usually catch you know some some quality fish and it just it's really relaxing just nobody's else is out there don't have any boat traffic to worry about mm-hmm. and kind of have the lake to myself and i like that yeah definitely uh, i'm a river guy so there's only a certain amount of time you can be on the river once once the air temperature and the water temperature get around the same it's kind of not that smart to be out on the water unless you have a dry suit <laughs> yeah absolutely now, one cool thing about fishing in the winter, and I definitely recommend, you know, using every bit of safety you can there, dry suit included, for sure. Um, but one cool thing about the rivers in the winter time is those fish all stack up mm-hmm. in those holes. Yeah. And they become very easy to target and to find. Like right now, you know, your smallies are all over the place. Um, but they get congregated in those small areas and, uh, that, that can create a pretty cool dynamic there on the water, but, uh, yeah, safety first. Absolutely. Um, I will say though, depth is relative to what river you're fishing. So 
If you have that's a river true. that's not very deep, you, you, you're going to find them in three feet, four feet of water. So. That's true. That's true. I know that's not part of our segment, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> hey, no, you know what? That's all right. That's what this is about. You know, uh, we uh, we cover tournaments and we bring on people to share their story and talk about, you know, their successes and how they do it so we can learn from that. And nothing wrong with throwing in little tips and tricks along the way. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got tonight. Good episode. That's it. Absolutely. Looking forward to next week. Yep. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Just want to take a brief moment to give a little shout-out to our show sponsors, Rocktown Adventures. For all your outdoor adventure needs, visit rocktownadventures.com. Loveland Canoe and Kayak, if you're in the Ohio area, go check them out at lovelandcanoe.com. Hammered Lures, our man Eric Richards, making some pretty epic baits. You can check out his store at hammeredlures.myspotify.com. Coyote Sunglasses, get your floating glasses for the next adventure out on the water. They float, they're polarized, all different styles to fit your pretty little face. Fish Mob Lures, my man Jay Randall, making buzz baits, spinner baits, you name it. He's got a whole array of things, and if it isn't listed on the Facebook page, shoot him a message. Maybe he can make it up for you. Southern Lake Co., awesome apparel, you guys. Uh, Check out southernlakecompany.com. And our newest sponsor, TRC Covers. Protect your investment. Wrap your rods, your reels. They got custom colors, logos, you name it, they got it. Go check out trccovers.com. Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.